sometimes the best conversations happen after the show. Here's what happens when we turn the mic back on for one of those conversations with Michael Cavanis. Also, please note that Eric started with the question, what is the biggest obstacle the fire service faces in the state of North Carolina? The biggest obstacle that I see in the state is our... Man, this is a hot seat here. Um, People aren't going to like this answer, but I believe it comes down to... We have we have bad fire chiefs that run people off that don't understand. They think certification is required. What's required is training, and they don't understand certification. So they they like to you know at the at the office at state fire marshal's office, I walk into a department and then tell these guys what training they're supposed to be doing. And I would stand there and say, "Did you know that your fire chief?" Can do can check you off. They are the authority having jurisdiction, and they can do everything. All training can be done right here in this station. And every their eyes get real big. They start looking at the fire chief, and the fire chief says, like, "Thank you. You can get out." But right. it, it comes down to a lot of times that it's all about leadership. It's all about um, knowing. There's some lazy fire chiefs. If you are running a certification and that's all you do at your station. You're not running a training program, you're running a certification program. And that's that's not train that's not the level of training you should be at. You should either be well above or well or well below, if that makes sense. Yes. Certification is an inch deep and a mile wide. Okay, it covers all the basics for liability for that fire chief. It's why fire chiefs do that, and I understand that part. But if I take you out and teach you a two or three hour ladders class, hands on, teach you all the parts of it, how to properly care for it, how to put it up, how to climb, how to use, that works the same as the old OSFM sponsored fire rescue commission class on ladders. It is that, I don't know, would that take 15 hours for that ladders class? Something like that. You can go out, you can go out in the back of your, everybody's got a ladder. You can go out and throw it up against the side of the building, work on it different ways, and that counts exactly if you document it. It works exactly the same way as having that certification credit. And, I agree. And I, you just can't get that. So that's what I see as the biggest problem uh, with training is we are so reliant upon certifications in this state that um, it, it is needed. All paid firefighters, it's, it's a requirement. But in a lot of places, it's just they need training. They need quality training. They need people not to be lazy. (laughs) They need to be led. They need to be trained. Um, I I had a a great chief. He just, Kyle Dixon, just made 20 years at Franklinville Fire Department. And um, he, you can call him a lot of things, but he's not lazy. The man made us get out there, and we trained from 7 to 10 every Monday night. And it, it didn't matter about certifications at that point. We trained because that's what we need to do. Oh, you need to you need to figure out how to pull a I don't know, apartment load or whatever where you're you're disconnected and we're we're pulling way off in the distance. How are you gonna do that? We we went out and tried different things and figured out what worked for us. Yeah. And you were good at it. 
and then, <laughs> for the most part, hopefully, we, we, um, some we, of us would be good at it. Some of us wouldn't, but yes. Yeah. You know, and what you were just saying, you know, people get so reliant on that piece of paper, you know, that it, it's a safety net, you know, or they, they just push that you need certification, you need certification, you need certification. Well, I know a lot of people that hold a certification, but it doesn't make them good at what they do. You know, you, you got to get out there and you got to work. And here's another you part. The like, quality part of it. What sets my community college apart is my FTEs. The bulk of my FTEs are not certification. That was going to be my follow-up question. Uh, was what is the the ratio, or you know, is there? I guess there's probably not really a sweet spot between certification and non-certification style classes, but your community college uh, in particular, uh, what do you think that ratio is between certification versus other fire trainings that you guys put together? We are probably, we probably, our FTE total, we probably get 30 to 40% of our FTE total out of certification classes. Mm -hmm. But we primarily uh, deal in in-service training. That's the right. big thing. Uh, one of the one of the things that I did when I first come in was I established. I went and I every chief tried to get every chief and every training officer on the payroll and let them know, hey, I will pay you to do what you've been doing for free for free every single day this. at the firehouse. Yes, and that. Anybody that works for a community college needs to be listening to this with their ears wide open right now, uh, because that is a way, especially for a smaller community college, to be creating those FTEs. And unfortunately, a lot of colleges are not doing that. That is cheap training, if that makes sense. That is cheap training that's being done. We're just capturing the training. Yes. We are logging the training. That requires work. And then it requires it requires a lot. Of, you just have to stay on it. The paperwork's not going to come back all perfect. You're, you know, it's going to be. Um, they may a volunteer department may only have three people this week. They may have fifteen next. Um, if they average, if they average ten, they like to hear the departments do every other week, um, as far as training or twice a month. And if you'll average ten people per training or whatever, what that does. Because that is cheap training, if a department, it allows me leeway because we are making money off of it. And therefore, when an expensive class comes in, I can give, I can say yes easier, if that makes you're, sense. You're reading my mind because I, <laughs> I was just going to mention that specific thing. You start making that money on the the daily training activities that these fire departments are doing when they have a a big specialty style class or you're going to farm somebody in um, to come do a weekend program or something like that. And it's going to cost, it's going to cost some bucks, you know, that's not going to be free. Guess what? You've been padding that or you've been working up to that point and you're going to be able to put that specialty class on. Mm -hmm. And it allows me yeah. to bring in Ray McCormick in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, or in September, uh, just names that you hear Aaron Fields will come, um, later this year it, it's nozzle forward yeah yeah to to be able to they they come those are big names and they come with a price tag they're in demand and um 
they and they really are. They're they're magnetic speakers. People right. are drawn to them. Uh, and but it's not about making money. It's what our entities ask for. Right. And and but there is a financial model there. So every that the other stuff helps me. And so that's looking at it from a strategic standpoint and trying to say, you know, looking, I, I have the leeway, not all depart, not all community colleges look at it the same way. Uh, there are some colleges in the state that will say, if you do not have 10 people in this class, you shut that class down. And so what I happens? I know exactly the, what you're talking about. Those are my best advertisers because we do not cancel classes. Does we do everything in our power not to cancel a class. I don't care if two people show up. We will run that. If one person shows up, we will we will try to do what we can. We will teach it to them. Um, and then we also allow people to show up, even if it's not the first day. I don't. I can't count them, but they're going to get the hours, and we'll send in their certification stuff. I get no FTEs off of that. I don't right. care. They needed the training. That's awesome. I'm, so I'm glad to hear that. So can I ask kind of a follow-up question to that? And sometimes the B-roll conversations are the best. Um, my, my follow-up question to that, um, I was in um, Fire Officer 3 uh, a while back, and we were talking about education. And, you know, there there is a line between training and then working toward your degree. And, and the point that the – that this battalion chief was making was the fact that the fire service in general has become so obsessed, like you mentioned with certifications and, and, you know, do you have this piece of paper? Do you have something that says, you know, how to do TR to this level? But he also brought that back around and he said, you know, there are so many certifications and so many people have them. They're almost devalued now. And he mentioned like, you know, how many people have an associate's degree in um, like fire protection technology, um, whether it be a bachelor's in fire administration. He said, there's really no value. We need to be guiding firefighters away from that. And I, I thought that was kind of a, a weird way to express that, um, because if you learn what you're doing and if you get good at it and you see you're going to make a life out of it, you know, go as far as you can in learning and education never hurts anybody. Um, no. but I, I didn't know how you felt about comments like that. Ooh, that is like, a that's a touchy subject right there <laughs> to say, um. to say, to, to tell somebody to stop learning or stop that learning's not worth anything. That certification's not doing you any good. I mean, you, how many times were you told that years ago? Right. Well, I think he was aiming no good. I think he was aiming more toward the, more toward like the degree side of it, okay, as well, opposed to the training part of so it. I will tell you, degrees, um, so the fire protection technology degree that we run, the FPT program, is is not for a beginning firefighter. Exactly, that's, that's something different. So people go to a four year college. So if you're a nurse, typically, and you're going to get your BSN you would go or an engineer you don't go get experience in it and then go they don't let you start as an engineer at nasa and then you go to college and get something <laughs> but so you go you learn these concepts and the theoretical and then you put it in 
But in the fire program, we're we you are taught these skills ahead of matter of fact, you can start a volunteer department with zero skills and be a firefighter that night. <laughs> you know, you can start that you spilled out the application, they put you on your your firefighter that night. But the education piece for us for fire is about fire protection management really. So it's a really captain and above that it, I don't even know how much it benefits captains. I want literate captains. I want them to be able to read. I want them to be able to write good reports, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what the program probably helps you more than anything. We have a saying that every everything is workforce development. That's what we're trying to gear the college towards, even, even in English class. How does that help? Well, well, they have to be able to read, interpret data, they have to be able to write well because we're writing legal documents every time we fill out a fire report. That could right. be a potential legal document. And you mm-hmm. want that written fairly well. Mm-hmm. And so that's where workforce development, trying to get those skills. I, I have trouble with anybody saying, I think that is an older mentality that I do think is, is starting to go away. I, I think what that guy meant was there needs to be value in it. Okay. That, well, that's what he's, you know, what is the value? And we should all ask that. What is the value of a certification? Are there too many certified firefighters running around? It depends. It depends. How many firefighters can do their job, though? Well, right. What does that mean? Right. And, you know, I tell my instructors, you are judged by the worst student you pass. The worst person to come out of your program will always be how your program is judged. That's why it comes across as worthless. If you're giving it away, it is worthless. I, I'm, I, we probably fail about as much as any other college around. They get to us and we do not, we hold the line. I hold the line with my instructor. I back the instructors. I make sure that if you come out of this, you've got a pretty reasonable chance, at least the day you did it. You could do the skills because that's what I preach at them nonstop. Do skills. We do get rusty, though. Yeah, but firefighter is a skill-based performance. Mm-hmm. It is not, you know, Eric, you ever show up on a fire and get get asked a multiple-choice question? <laughs> no, sir. It's <laughs> not the way it works. It's the way we test. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with the rest. So it's all about how you use those skills Yeah, and trying to get to that point. And so pattern recognition when to do things why experience matters you know it, it's all but it all comes together experience is sort of education you know the new person i remember going and being terrified at burlington i would have to cook for 12 people and education the training that i received there taught me how to be able to do that i can i can say okay there's 12 people i know i need about a half pound of meat per person we need this many potatoes. The servant size on the back don't mean jack. You know, double that. You learn those things as you go, and I became competent at it. Firefighting is the same. And it, it is. It goes back to that, that age-old uh, adage of you know, 10 years on the job doesn't equate to 10 years of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what have you done with that 10 years that you've been on the job? You know, or... Are you one of those guys that's not doing a whole lot? You doing the bare minimum, or are you one of those hard chargers that's out there working every day to perfect what you're doing? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, and you see some of the kids, and I do, I do think in my head sometimes I see them, and I'm like, you need to slow down. You need to, but you don't want. I never want to kill their enthusiasm. Right. They're very enthusiastic. They're spouting off at the mouth. They're they're young. They're full of energy. But you this we the saying you can always steer you can't steer a parked car, right? That that slug that's not moving at all. You can't do anything with them until you get them moving. That kid that you can you can slow them down. You can't give them initiative. That's all from within. So as much as I want to say stuff, sometimes I really I really bite my tongue and say, you know what? We were all like that. And they will learn, or at least, I'm sorry, the good firefighters were like that. They they were brash. They were, you don't know what you don't know. You, you say too much. You think you know more. I, I can remember going in my first early fires and not knowing enough to be scared. Absolutely. And, and that's, I just did not know enough. Yeah. You look back and you say, holy crap, we were doing what? <laughs> bulletproof. I was absolutely yeah. bulletproof. Yeah. The roof come in behind me, chimney fell, um, just all kinds of things. And, you know, people are screaming, did not know enough to be scared. Yep. Just enough to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I I greatly appreciate you answering those, those follow-up questions. And, uh, again, being here with us tonight. If anybody has any questions for you, Michael, what what is the easiest way for them to get in touch with you? It's, it's always email, um, just because, like today, I was in meetings, in one meeting all day. So it's just, I can check emails during meetings. And just like you said before, you you just now saw my my voicemail from last Wednesday. <laughs> yes, so. I'm terrible at answering <laughs> You're the slow phone. at texting, too. <laughs> I am. I am slow. So um, what, uh, what's your email? Email is michael.cavanus at rccc.edu about getting my DOI email address but it's rccc.edu and, and you see awesome, it, brother. we we will have some unfiltered content like this that will be available to those folks that uh, so choose to hear it and uh, this will be a special additional episode that has dropped so if you're hearing this consider yourself uh, very fortunate okay thank you Michael we appreciate, we appreciate you unfiltered unfiltered opinion there and i don't i don't i'm careful about that but um that is it's necessary information though yeah absolutely we'll let you listen to it before we drop it yeah you have been listening to all clear presented by the north carolina firefighter cancer alliance and the first responders peer support network All Clear is written and produced by Travis McGaha and Eric Stevenson and recorded on Riverside FM. Opinions and views expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the podcast. Please subscribe and rate us on your podcast app of choice. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.